Welcome to the Gold Standard here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Jeremy K. Gover, and uh, I am the Nashville correspondent for AP Radio, and you can follow me at GoverTime on Twitter. That is right. Jeremy K. Gover, the K stands for knowledge. Good to see you again, my friend. How are you? You too, man. I've been a long time. I really enjoyed our last uh, shindig, and so I'm hoping to replicate that again today. <laughs> I, I, I am excited about it. We are going to take a pre-camp look at the Central Division, kind of give you top-level, surface-level look at each of the other teams in the Central Division, which now includes a new team. Um, although I'm not sure how relevant they will be, but we'll, we will touch on them. We will get, get to know them a little bit. So I just wanted to give Preds fans, as, as players report on Wednesday and the very first practice of the season will be Friday, uh, I wanted to give fans sort of a quick look around the division, here, set the scene for, for camp, and, and give people an idea of what each of these teams is bringing to the table because we know a ton about the Preds. So I thought we'd dive into some of the other teams in the Central Division with you today. Uh, of sure. course, we'll, we'll also have your reaction to some of the rookie stuff we saw before we do any of that, however, the gold standard is brought to you by Jaspers, which, Jeremy, I don't know if you know this, is the next evolution of the sports bar. The, par- the parking is free. The drink specials are wonderful. Uh, and they- you can just roll right, roll right over there on, on a weekday during your lunch break, get a really nice lunch. You can go on a Thursday and, and watch some football or a Friday and watch some football. Um, if you're looking for a good lunch spot, good dinner spot during the week, Jaspers is your place to go, my man. Just I don't know Sounds if you know good. that. I don't know if you know that. I do now. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Dead Pack Cat, of course, from Four, Four Top Hospitality does the menu. So, again, if, if you're looking for a place that to be your sports bar, to watch games, especially during the regular season once the Preds games get started, this is your place to go because it's not regular old crappy bar food. This is, this is actual good restaurant food in a sports bar, which is why they are called the next evolution of the sports bar. All right. Camp is open. Preds players are here in Nashville practicing hockey, which is fun. And exciting. But before we get to that, Jeremy, um, you had you had something you needed to get off your chest about the rookie symposium that took place over the weekend. (laughs) Yeah. So the Predators played three games down in Florida, like a rookie tournament showcase. They've done that here. Uh, I think the teams that are involved, I think they rotate. But uh, either way, they played three games down in Florida. And there was a lot of concern uh, from the Predators fan base that I saw. I don't have the scores in front of me, so I apologize. But let's just say that uh, it was they, they didn't play very well defensively. Okay, so uh, so because of that, there was a lot of like, oh, the defense and goaltending it doesn't look so good. Uh, okay, I mean, let's be real about this. Okay, first of all, it's a rookie showcase and not full teams, so that's number one. But number two, and even way way more important, <clears throat> the forwards that needed to play well played well. Your Philip Tomasinos, your Afanasievs. Right, uh, Tommy Novak's those guys who you actually could see in a Predator sweater within the next two years, uh, some of them this year, eh, like a month. Uh, they played well. The defense and the goaltending, of which there was a lot of fan kind of commotion about, there other than David Ferentz on the on the blue line, those guys are, and even him maybe are a year, two, three years out of being even remotely NHL ready. And so, yeah, they got down and they got down there and they got dominated by, you know, other. Okay, fine. It's it's <laughs> what it is. It's not. I mean, I mean, let's let's calm down. I mean, not everybody has to be gold standard oh, every like single step of the way, including in a rookie tournament showcase. So the forwards that needed to play well played well. Everybody else can play whatever their development says they're going to play like. And so I would not put any stock whatsoever in the fact that the. Defense gave up eight goals in one game and six goals in another and blah, blah, blah. I yeah, wouldn't yeah. do that because they are years away from being NHL ready. Was the number one goalie prospect in the world playing for the Preds? Uh, no, uh, no, no. No, I don't. I don't, he's, I don't not, I, he's not. He's, he's over think, the KHL dominating over there. Yeah, I don't think he was. Um, is Alex Carrier on the current roster? As of right now, yes, he is. I, I think, I think he roster. is. So, yeah, I, I think... The, the message and Adam, of course, uh, still on baby duty. He sort of showed up last week. He did like a drive by to give us like sort of what life, <laughs> what, what life is like as a father real quickly. And his big takeaway, of course, for um, a big, big takeaway, of course, for the the, um, the this whole entire rookie camp thing was just the, the, the best players on offense need to show up and just be noticeable. Like that's kind of all the mo- the only thing you needed to really pay attention to. And, and I and I agree with that. I agree with your take. 
none of these guys on defense, like they don't have spots for them to play. They're not going to be playing. And, and that's, so that wasn't what we were looking for. So I'm not no. really sure again. And now I don't, it was, was Connor Ingram there? Cause <laughs> no. So, <laughs> so like the best prospects at goalie for right. this team weren't there. And the best prospects on defense are already basically on the team. So, I, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So if, if, Calm down. Tom, if, if Tomas Vomachka, is in net for the Predators at any given time. Even backing up UC Soros or whoever <laughs> yes. at any given time this season, they've got way bigger problems than whether or not they're ready. Yeah. Okay. And same thing for David Ferentz. David Ferentz, he, as of right now, he does not have an NHL spot. He he could earn one. I'm not, he, he looked okay in his cup of coffee last year at the NHL level, but certainly was is not ready and could use a year of AHL. And so that's what he's going to get. And so if, yeah. If, yeah. if he's up in the lineup, they got bigger problems, everybody. The guys yeah. who needed to perform performed. <laughs> that's what I that's what I said pre-show. If David Ferris is playing 23 minutes a night, <clears throat> the Preds are in deep shit. So. Yes. <laughs> deep, deep trouble. Deep, yeah. deep, deep trouble. Yeah. So uh all right. So let, let's set the stage here for the central division just to give people a, a look and a feel of what this is is gonna be like here. We'll kind of give you a couple of minutes on each one of these teams. We're not gonna talk a whole lot about the Preds today on this episode. Um, but I, I just I wanted to start with some of the betting odds, some of the numbers here, what Vegas expects. Of course, you have to understand this is they're trying to get equal money on both sides of each of these lines. So as long as you understand how Las Vegas works and gambling works, um, but it is still a good benchmark to kind of look at uh, what these things are. So the division odds in the central division to win the division, Colorado is minus 250. Minnesota is plus 650 at number two. Dallas plus 1200. Winnipeg plus 1400. St. Louis plus 1,800. Chicago tied with St. Louis for plus 1,800. A large drop to the Nashville Predators at plus 7,500. And an even larger drop to your Arizona Coyotes, plus 30,000 to win the division. Here are the point totals, the projected over-under point totals for all of these teams. Colorado, 110.5. Minnesota, 97.5. Dallas 95 and a half, Winnipeg and St. Louis both at 92 and a half, Chicago 91 and a half, Nashville 85 and a half points, which would be in theory one of their worst 82 game performances in a decade. Um, 67 and a half points for Arizona, which is really bad. A um, couple of things of note, just so that people know this, um, because I'm a, a nerd and I pay attention to this stuff. Uh, St. Louis came down from 94 and a half to 92 and a half just in the last couple of weeks, which means people are betting down St. Louis. Nashville was at 84 and a half a couple of weeks ago. So people are actually betting the over on Nashville. So that's good um, for Preds fans. Um, and then Arizona was actually at 69 and a half and they've gone down to 67. So <laughs> people looked at 69. So I guess the first takeaway from looking at this, I just need to tell people and you can kind of explain this. Uh, th- th- these numbers are staggering. For Colorado, <laughs> 110 points to 97. That's a 13 point gap that the Vegas is projecting for first and second place. Basically, saying that Colorado is not only the overwhelming favorite to win the division, but also the Western Conference and the Stanley Cup as well. So, Colorado is my favorite to win the Stanley Cup. I will also say, however, there's an asterisk to that, and that is every time I seem to pick Colorado to do anything, they do nothing. So, so there is that. So I apologize in advance before the season even starts, Colorado Avalanche fans. But yes, Colorado to me is far and away the Stanley Cup uh, contender, uh, the favorite. Uh, my just for sake of argument, compared to that, Braden, you can go along with me on this one. Uh, my central standings predictions are in order: Colorado one, Minnesota two, Winnipeg three, Dallas four, Chicago five. Nashville 6, St. Louis 7, and Arizona dead last, as always. Uh, I don't like what I see in St. Louis at all. Uh, and so, you're you're uh, jumping sorry. ahead here. You're jumping ahead here. I, I'm sorry. I just I, I have to do this, otherwise I can't get my brain straight when I'm previous. <laughs> so call but we'll we'll back up to Colorado. So <clears throat> excuse me. So Colorado and, and it's not and those numbers are not saying that Colorado is going to win the cup per se. That's your pick. No, sure. That's but, but, yeah. but right. But, but there the chances of them not winning the division with around 105, 108, oh, yeah. 110 points is pretty small. Like Vegas gets these numbers pretty close. They do. They, they, they're, they're pretty accurate. I actually marvel in the sense that I'll watch a college football weekend and I'll actually go back every once in a while with my wife and we'll just look at what the spreads were. And it's just, 
embarrassingly close. Florida to the point where Flo- I'm Florida Alabama over under was sixty. It was thirty one twenty nine. Yeah, see, it's just like that. So <laughs> <Like> what? <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 back to the future Biff Tannen levels, but that's okay. That, so the, back to Colorado, as uh, when you have Rantanen, you resign Landeskog. You know, you've got uh, of course Nathan McKinnon, one of the greatest players in the game right now. You've got a lot of pieces in place, okay. And then on defense, you've got Makar, who's Norris Trophy perennial favorite at this point, even in this short career. So, and you can make the argument of like, okay, well, you know, he had a contract year last year, and now he doesn't have. I don't buy any of that with the, with this team. I think they're made up for the yeah. long haul. Yep. The only thing that I would, the only kind of chink in the armor, I would say, is if Darcy Kemper in goal with Pavel Francouz. That goaltending could be their weakness. But those guys have also shown at different stops and different times in the league that they can be the number one guy. So right now, uh, if you're going to nitpick and pick something, I pick goaltending as their weakness. But when you're going to score seven or eight goals a game like the uh, early 90s Penguins did and just beat everybody that way, then yeah. it's, hard to, it's, hard to, it's hard to not pick them first. So I have sort of like a one I have one bullet pointed word for each one of these teams that I want to wrap up our conversation with. And okay. I, I have one for every team. Except for Colorado, I, 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 okay. I the, the word I wrote down was none. <laughs> oh, okay. I, to your point, Kemper coming to a new organization. He came comes from Arizona. I mean, maybe you could point to them, but you don't see a hole anywhere on the team. And again, the the projections according to the people who make all the money on this stuff are like it is. I, I just want to reiterate the gap. the The gap is what's what's the story here. Not that they're how great they're going to be or whatever. The, the idea that. Minnesota at number two is projected to have 97 points and they're projected to have 110 is just staggering. That, that is a staggering gap there. So I just want to get that out there. All right. You have Minnesota at two. I, I am. I want to know why, because I, I have a couple other, I have two other teams. I've got them at four. Um, I, they lose Suter. They lose Parise. They lose Bonino. That's a lot of sort of identity culture stuff in the locker room. I know there's a couple of those, all those guys are older, um, I, I, they've got a lot of young talent that they're grooming. My, my question is how quickly does that young talent sort of take over and, and sort of fill those leadership roles? Cause I, that's my question about this team is sort of the intangibles. I agree with that. And let me, uh, just make sure that everybody's clear on this. Min- me picking Minnesota second is more of a reflection of where the division is as opposed to where Minnesota is. Okay, so they just signed their star forward and leading scorer for last year, Kaprizov. He had 51 points in 55 games. Those are his only 55 NHL games. And they just signed him for a $9.5 million deal for five years, each year for five years, which is bonkers insane, okay, (laughs) for a guy who has 55 games experience. But, look, he was the guy last year. He's one of the NHL's most exciting players to watch. If you have not seen him play, make a point to turn on a Minnesota Wild game at some point. And what he's he's incredible. Uh, reminds a few people of uh, what Pavel Bure did in the sense that he was really good, but he was almost more exciting than he was good, right? So he's in that kind of vein. So they've got him. They've got Fiala, who they hope. Well, how many times have we said this? <laughs> they hope matures into uh, you know a, a consistent full time NHL player alongside you know, Ryan alongside Ryan Hartman. <laughs> yes, alongside Ryan Hartman. Yes. And, uh, so they've got those guys, but there's not a whole lot of firepower. There's, there's consistent firepower, a bunch of guys with ten goals and such from last year. But they're, but you're right. The the the, the Nick Benino, uh, Nick Beninos are gone. Ryan Suter's gone. Parise's gone. So they they are kind of going youth movement here, which is fine. But to me, it's more about where the division stands as opposed to okay. where Minnesota is, because to me, it's a big flyer. I mean, I can see Minnesota missing the playoffs altogether. I, I but think, I think I have them at second. So St. Louis and Minnesota are those two teams for me. Now we'll get to Chicago because I think you might, you may be able to put Chicago in there. Let me, let me follow up on the division because I've seen some people say this is one of the toughest divisions in hockey because Nashville could be your seventh place team and they could be challenging for a playoff spot. I've also seen people say, well, it's one of the weaker divisions because Colorado is so, it's so top heavy with Colorado. And then all of these teams, Minnesota through Nashville, could all kind of be in that 90-91 point range and maybe not be great. So where, where do you fall on – it's very competitive. There's no question about that. The question yes. is, is it high-level competition or is it sort of mid-level to mid competition? I think it's mid – right now, on paper, it's mid-level competition for me, right? Like you're going to have Colorado, in theory, beat up everybody, all right? And then you're going to have everybody else fighting for second, third, fourth, fifth. 
and then Arizona losing to everybody. So you have the so that's your makeup of the sorry Arizona. So that's that's your makeup right now of the Central Division. And so because you have a lot, of, we see this in college football, right? Where it's like okay, Alabama's going to destroy everybody, and then everybody else is just kind of fighting for that second and third spot, right? Yeah. So it's 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 pretty crazy. Uh, we've also seen it split votes. You've had two, let's say, Norris Trophy candidates on one team, and what do they do? They split votes at the end of the season, so neither one of them gets it because they were they were the victim of being with each other, and so this is kind of that sense: Minnesota, uh, Dallas, Chicago, Nashville, and I guess Winnipeg definitely, and probably St. Louis are all going to fight for those middle spots. It's just going to shake out okay. to who can beat each other more often. So I I like Winnipeg at two. And I'm putting – I look at Dallas. I like Dallas and Winnipeg at two and three. Those are the teams I like at two and three. I've got Minnesota at four. The reason I like Winnebuck uh, – Winnebuck. There you go. <laughs> the, the reason we like – the reason I like Winnebuck uh, in the division is because of Connor Hellebuck. They've upgraded their blue line. They've finally addressed that to some, to some degree. I know they've got a couple of aging pieces in the forward group, but that top six is still as dynamic as anybody and as big and as physical as anybody in, in the league. I think they've sort of answered the one question, at least they think on paper, that they've always had every time going into these these situations. And that having a little bit more talent on that blue line in front of Connor Halibut makes his job easier. That's why I like Winnipeg. So we'll get to Dallas in a second. But that's is that a fair assessment of where Winnipeg's at? Because they, I mean, it's not like this team wasn't really good last year and didn't make a nice run. No, that's that's just it, right? I mean, Winnipeg for me could have easily. I mean, I could easily flip Minnesota and Winnipeg on the standings because of goaltending alone. Honestly, I mean, Hellebuck is such a key player for them. He's in the prime of his career, twenty eight years old, and then you've got the firepower up front, like you mentioned. You got Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, Mike Sh- uh, Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ehlers, and Pierre Luc Dubois. That's a pretty stacked. Four of your top six. Then you, you sprinkle in some Paul Stasny in there, Andrew Kopp. Now all of a sudden you have a, a, a formidable top six on any given night. Defense, yes, they've addressed some things, but Pionk is a great player, very underrated in this league. But I, I got to be real. Joshua Morrissey, at 26 years old, making $6.25 million a year for the next however long they signed him for, he doesn't excite me. Great player, but he just is not like a franchise defenseman in my opinion and so therefore their defense leaves a lot to be desired and you got to look at this the lens too for those who don't know winnipeg is not exactly the kind of place that players like to go play they're not exactly Mm. thrilled about signing in winnipeg manitoba uh until they kind of get a winning tradition there it's probably not going to change and so I look at a lot of these contract numbers. People are like, oh, they spent some money on defense. That's great. And they have spent some money on defense and some good caliber defensemen. But I find it hard to believe. Well, let me let me change that. Logic suggests that they're overpaying guys a little bit to come play in Winnipeg. So for me, I'm not a believer other than Hellebuck, who's a tremendous player. And then, of course, that, again, okay. four forwards I mentioned. So to me, they could be second for sure, but I, I – I, Minnesota is set up, I think, a little bit better, in my opinion, and I could be completely wrong. Are Are you suggesting that teams sometimes overpay players to fill needs for their franchise? I am suggesting that teams do overpay, that GMs huh. get a little over anxious and they overpay players to fill needs. Yes, potentially at the center position, maybe. I'm just curious. Anyway, anyway, anyway I digress. <laughs> I digress. Um, Dallas, to me, and again, they are according to Vegas number three. Winnipeg is four. Um, you've got a ton of guys, Pavelski, Radiloff, Klingberg, who are all going to be coming off the books. So they're sort of in their last hurrah. They've added Ryan Suter. They've added Braden Holtby, who, if you paid attention to hockey, you have to have a Braden on your team to win the Stanley Cup. It's been four, I believe, I believe four consecutive seasons. You have to have a Braden starting or on your roster at some point. Um, you and should be they, very proud. And, and I am. Uh, my parents were, <laughs> although I've got to give credit to my parents then for being ahead of the curve and no one ever wants to do that. Right. Um, right. The, the question for me, the one bullet point I have for this team, because th- that run to the cup, I don't think was a fluke to the cup final a couple of years ago, even though it was in the bubble. Um, this is a very physical team. They can score. My question for them is, are they healthy? I like the leadership. I like the talent. It, the question is, how healthy can they stay? Because that seems to have been their, their biggest issue over the last couple of years. It has been, for sure. Radulov was hurt a lot last year. Uh, Sagan and Ben have both spent their time. Uh, Bishop has been hurt more times than I can count. And so Q Dobin's carried the mail for them in net, and he's 
done tremendous. Uh, would I call him a number one goaltender in the league? No, but I'd call him a fringe number one goalie. He's, he's done that well for them. The real excitement for Dallas comes from uh, Heiskanen on the uh, on the defensive side. That kid is all world at 22 years old already. I mean, he's going to be a Norris Trophy final uh, uh, winner at some point, maybe even multiple times. He is so exciting to watch. He's really, really great. And then you put him with Klingberg in his last season, like you mentioned, and Essa Lindell, who signed for $5.8 million, which I think is overpay, but that's just me. So, and then you got Ryan Suter now, right? So if Suter can, he's 36 though, but if he can put together even remotely this, the kind of caliber player that he is or was, then I think they'll be in good shape. My issue with them is exactly what you said. It's injury-based. They seem to be hurt a lot, and it doesn't just seem to be like one or two guys. It seems to it seems to like run rampant in their organization yeah. all the time. So can they stay steady enough to make a run, and that's what I'm very interested in. I don't like how Dallas is made up simply because of that. They didn't kind of address any of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you're correct in the sense that a lot of these guys will be playing for, one, their next contract, or two, the last hurrah together. Pavelski's yeah, on a $7 yeah. million dollar deal. He's 37 years old, never won a cup before, been close with Dallas, but he's never won a cup before, and he's close to San Jose too, actually. I was going to say. And, yeah, yeah and, uh, and he's a tremendous player still at 37. It's his last year. Radulov, his last year. Uh, Michael Roffel, a good, a great role player for them. His last year. Blake Como, another good role player. His last year. Klingberg's last year. So there's a lot of guys that could kind of use this as a galvanizing moment. Cir- if circling they can stay this. Healthy. Yeah. So it's, it's all about circling this year for me. Yes. With with them. So I could see them being a clear number two if they stay healthy in this division and and sort of if they stay healthy. Yes. I just don't trust that. Reach their potential. But yeah, I, I agree. Um, also, a lot of University of Wisconsin Badgers, where I'm from Madison on this team, so I, I appreciate that. You add Suter to the already sort of Nashville-Dallas rivalry thing. I, I am not one of those Predators people that has any issue with Ryan Suter signing for more money in Minnesota. I know that was a very I, – I know people got all butthurt about the Ryan Suter thing, but like I don't, I don't necessarily hold that same hatred that a lot of Preds fans have for him. But it will add value to the Dallas-Nashville rivalry so I, I just know i just know when somebody offers me more money i generally go with that so <laughs> i don't uh hold any ill will towards him either and never have but i, I also just think he's a simultaneously player. think it's fun that the fan base still has their way with him <laughs> based on that it's tradition so like yeah, people, no, that's true. Like that's you, can't, true. you can't have it both ways yeah yeah you can <laughs> you can you can applaud him for getting his money and you can still be like yeah. all right well we're left over here and you know, we're going to have some fun with it. That's but, fine with but, me. And we can always still hate Corey Perry, but like for real, oh, we'll hate Corey always. Perry. And, yes. and can we still hate Rattle Off too? Can we still hate him just for all the reasons? <laughs> sure. That's fine with me. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to make, just want to make sure we're clear on that. I wonder um, how him and Ryan Suter are going to get along on the same team. That's it funny. will be fascinating. Yeah. Two exact personality types. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but you you mentioned uh, Heiskanen too. Like I just, you're thinking about these 23 year olds. Yeah. These 22 and 23 year old kids in this division, Arizona's got one like Nashville's. I, I know Yossi's the one who gets all, but like, I, I think Carrier is going to be, ex, it's just I- exceptional. You, you look at a couple guys for Colorado, like the defense, the young defense core in this division is really interesting. It is. And I think that's actually the strength of the division is these young guys. Can they be on a team that can surround them with talent? Colorado, Kale McCarr, no problem. That's already yeah, done. Yeah. Right, but Dallas, you know, Sagan and Ben are all world players when they're on their game, but can they consistently put all that together and then make a run for something? That's the key. Uh, and, and then for Heisen and, and, and his uh, development at 22 years old. And then you mentioned Arizona, like Chikrin's 23. Like, okay, well, he's locked up for three years. Are they going to waste him away? Because they got Nick Schmaltz, who's 25. You can throw him in that. And then Clayton Keller is one of their, who is their probably top prospect. He's 23 also. But are they going to waste these guys? With Carter Hutton as your starting goaltender. Uh, well, nothing, we'll get, nothing against Carter Hutton, but just it's not, it doesn't look good, is what I'm saying. So, no, I, I agree. Uh, there's a reason the 69 and a half point total has come down two points. That's, yes, that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. But there's a plan there. We'll get to that in a second. The gold standard, Steve Cavendish of the Nashville Banner, is brought to you by. Brought to you by Jaspers. It's always brought to you by Jaspers. I, I think that's true. We would never tell a lie to you here on the Gold Standard Podcast, and Steve would never lie to you 
on any of his podcasts. Steve, thanks for filling in for Adam, by the way. Go to hey, Jaspers. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, you know, I might actually lie on the uh, Gold Standard podcast, but I would never lie to you <laughs> on mainstream sports. So Just sandbag Adam Vingen while he's not around taking care of a baby. It's not very hey, good. look. Look, he can show up and do this or not. I mean, that's <laughs> that's that that's that's his problem. You know where you should show up for lunch. Let's say, let's say you're having a, a tough day at work and it's a long, hard day, and you're you're like, it's oh, it's only like eleven thirty. I need to get some lunch. Uh, Jasper's is a wonderful place to go cut off some steam. I wouldn't advise you drink the gold standard cocktail at lunch during the middle of the workday, but the food is exceptional. So if you're looking for a good place to grab a bite during lunch. Business meetings, Jasper's is your place. I spend a a not in a, a not small uh, portion of my time doing business lunches for very uh, for various things, meeting with people, uh, talking about certain things. And you're very you're very important. We know. I, I'm I am extremely important. <laughs> and there, there there's a there's a limited number of people, uh, a limited number of places that I will go for a business lunch because you have to you have to have certainty about around certain things. One, it has to be a good environment. Two, it like, like, a, like a nice ambiance, you mean? Like exactly, like Two, natural it, light, you know. It it can't be insanely loud. Okay, you can't good. be you, okay. you can't be trying to like talk over everyone. Right. Uh, okay. And three, you have to have good food for the actual lunch, because whether whether you're you're talking the entire time and you box it up and take it home, or whether you are. <laughs> Whether you know whether you you have invited someone to to lunch and you're yep. picking up the, and you are picking up their lunch, you want to have surety that they're going to look on that menu and find something and that it's going to be really enjoyable. And that's not like a fifty two dollar fillet. Like that's no. not what you. That's not where. You, that's not the thing you order at at a at a at a business lunch. Like you want some sweet potato fries with like some barbecue pork on top or maybe some cola poppers or you know, maybe like a nice Creole roll or like a really good burger and like three different types of French French fry options, perhaps. Also, you know what you didn't point out when you're asking people to meet maybe from multiple different places around the city, which means they're getting into their cars and driving to meet you. You know what you need also? And, and on top of good food, nice ambiance and a quiet sort of relaxing vibe. I'm going to say free parking. Yes, yes, yes. I win! Yes! yes! It is, in fact. Yes! It's, it is absolutely the free parking. You got to have free parking. You can't be like, hey, to your three buddies, come on down and have some lunch with me. And they're like, oh, God, that's and look, $22 it, it, to park. It's conveniently located. It's it's right there on West End. It is it is not so it is not so far out west that it becomes inconvenient from downtown. Yeah, it is not yeah. it is not downtown, which is can be <laughs> an incredible pain to get in and out of at lunchtime. Uh, it also, just there's no real reason to go to Lower Broadway at any point during your life. No. I'm not sure. Like maybe a no. show at the Ryman, but anyway. Also, on top of just like hey, meeting up with your buddies or having a business lunch, if you're just gonna grab a cocktail after work and you don't want to pay for parking and you would like some good quality food and maybe a place to watch a sporting event, like perhaps a Wednesday evening soccer match or a Thursday evening football game, you know where you should go? Jasper's. That's where you should go. Look, he's speechless, folks. Steve Cavendish has nothing to say because I've said it all, which is like the story of my life. Go to Jasper's. <laughs> Just going to Jasper's. St. Louis. Let's go St. Louis first because I want to spend a little more time on Chicago. So St. Sure. St. Louis first, and uh, you know the Tarasenko thing is bizarre. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're 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 solid. They've got some really nice high end pieces. They've got pieces that won the cup just a couple years ago. I actually I, I feel like I know less about this team than I do about any of the other teams in the division. I it, it, I just I I don't know anything about how good I think this team can I I've got them ahead of Nashville but that's sort of based on track record I I don't really know what to make of this team this is the one I have the like the biggest giant question mark around so I have St. Louis below Nashville as I said earlier uh, but I only have them that way because I don't like how they're made up meaning they've got five forwards making over 4.5 million dollars a year and then they've got three defensemen making over 5.5 million a year and if you look at their yeah Perry 
Prayuk is a great defenseman. But Justin Falk, is he worth $6.5 million? Not so sure. Uh, you know, Tory Crew, they overpaid for him for sure. So Bennington is their strongest point, right? $6 million a year for the next, I think it's five or six years. And he's 28 years old, prime of his career. So Bennington, their, their goaltending is set if he can stay healthy, which he has never shown that he can't. So for me, their strength is in goal. But with the Tarasenko thing out there, like, are they going to trade him? Are they not going to trade him? Apparently, according to Jeremy Rutherford, he showed up to camp in great shape and is ready to dominate. And if that's the case, that's only going to help his case to either get moved or to find his, refine his home in St. Louis. Either way, he's a player to watch because if they can get a King's ransom for him, then St. Louis is in a better spot. Yeah. But I have to go on my predictions of right now. I have to okay. go on what they are right now, and that is Tarasenko is a wild card and overpaying other players. Okay. I, I have them I have them sort of below and like I said, they they two weeks ago they were ninety four and a half points. Now they're ninety two and a half. So clearly the betting right. public is bringing St. Louis down. They are tied with Chicago for sixth or fifth, depending on what you want to call it, um, sure. at plus eighteen hundred to win the division. So that they have come down uh, amongst the experts and the and the gambling public over the last couple of weeks. Which which again, uh, we'll just sort of leave it there with St. Louis because I'm with you. I could see them, you know, being third and fourth. I could see them finishing below Nashville. I, I just this is the one team I cannot get a grasp on at all. Um, Chicago is, is also fascinating to me. And I want to spend a little bit more time on this because generally in most professional sports, what they tried to do this off season doesn't normally work. Like just as a general philosophy, if it's the NFL, if it, you know, maybe, okay, maybe basketball, maybe at the NBA, you can go get like three superstars, put them together. And all of a sudden you've got a good team. Well, that's because right. five, that's because five dudes play all of the minutes for that in that sport. And that's a different game, but by and large, you cannot just go, purchase your way out of being bad and i know they made the the playoffs in the in the bubble and i guess that technically counts i know taves is back and he's going to be healthy and supposedly and all that stuff they still have a superstar in kane they bring in seth jones and give him 40 billion dollars and they <laughs> and they and they which is a record and they they trade for a guy who's probably one of the top three or four goaltenders of our generation right so like on paper there's a lot of stuff to like there. There's a reason that Vegas has them sixth in wins, sixth to win the division. There's a reason that they're down there. Where? What do you see from Chicago? They are top-heavy. End of story. That's their problem. When you have a guy like Patrick Kane, make, rightfully so, make $10.5 million a year, and you got Jonathan Taves, who probably is a little bit overpaid, but when they signed into the contract, it made sense, $10.5 million a year. And then you have Alex Debrinkit, who's on a – he's on a – like entry level, well not entry level deal, his second deal, but he's not an he's an RFA at the end of it. That's what I mean. He's at six point four million dollars a year, so that's a lot of money tied up in three players. Now those three players are amazing players and could be an all star at any given time. But and then Seth Jones on the on the back end, he kind of replaces that Duncan Keith right that player, kind of a kind of a reset button on that because he's twenty six years old again, entering the prime of his career. He's well, he's proven that he's worth it. And if he's on a good team, look out, right? I mean, he was on a really bad Columbus yeah, team and yeah. even put them in a conversation a couple times So for a playoff team. So that's they're, they're top-heavy. Beyond Kane, Taves, Debrinkit, and Jones, and maybe Calvin DeHaan on defense, that's about it. They have to basically have that line clicking on all cylinders to win games because Marc-Andre Fleury is a heck of a goaltender, but he's also 36 years old. He's got one year left on his deal at $7 million. Is he really going to bring you to the promised land? So, it's to me, there Chicago was a, There was a is, question if he even wanted to play. Like, Right, right. And again, if he wants to give it one more shot with this team, I mean, he could do it with worse teams, that's for sure. But my point, though, is that Chicago, for me, I have outside of, I have above Nashville only because of two things, which I guess we'll get to Nashville soon. I don't want to let that cat out of the bag. But the point is, is that I have Chicago above Nashville simply because of their 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 top heavy star power because their star power converts and becomes stars almost on a nightly basis. Yeah, it's, there's no question mark yeah. about whether oh is Kane going to put up a point or two this week <laughs> right. or you know there's no question about that. And so therefore I've got Chicago above them. I do feel dirty doing it, but here we are. Hey, look, it's okay. We all have to take a shower every now and then. I still have never come up with and I I tried this back when we were doing the the morning show. I still have not come up with a and nobody is if so if you want to submit uh, you know names here 
I, I have not come up with. I cannot find a great nickname to sort of poke the bear with the Chicago Blackhawks. It, it hurt. It, it it certainly hurts when they have three rings to look down on right. and sort of shine sure. in your face. But I, like, I, there needs to be a nickname for them. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if there's some sort of communist red army tie that we can come <laughs> up with, but. Like, there's got to be something that we can come up with to make fun of Chicago for just, you know, no reason at all, just because we don't like them. Like, there has to be I'll a work reason. on it. But I do I'll, I'll brainstorm to, to your point. The guys that are being paid that much money, you know, your top defensemen, your top two or three forwards, your, your goaltender, like they are all completely proven commodities. So my question for them, the word I wrote written down here is identity. What, what is what is their identity if it's just. Like, is there, what are they doing the rest of the time when those guys aren't on the ice? <laughs> surviving. That's what they're doing. They're playing some right. Mighty Drunks hockey and they're surviving. There you That's go. That's what they're doing. Mighty That's drunks. what they're doing. Get you a Mighty Drunks <laughs> reference in there. I like that. <laughs> I mean, we just played a game a couple weeks ago, a playoff game, matter of fact, that this team is, they, they outwork us all the time. I mean, stamina wise, not like, anyway, it doesn't matter. The point <laughs> no, is that they, they have, they, sorry, they had like you 16 guys, guys are, on there. You guys are called the drunks, so what are you going to do? Yeah, well, that's true. It's very on brand. We had six, they had 16 players on their bench. We had eight. Eight for the whole game. And then we took them to overtime. Okay, so my point is that they, we, we, we were in survival mode the entire game. It was like, let's just survive this game. Okay, so that's what Chicago is going to do. Chicago is going to put out their big boys, the Kane, Taves, Debrinkit. Seth Jones and again Calvin DeHaan probably they're gonna he's gonna put, they're gonna put those five guys out and they're gonna expect the offense from there. If they can get guys like Tyler Johnson who yeah. we don't know what he's gonna be like outside of Tampa, right? And Kubalik and Brett Connolly who's always hurt. If they can get those guys to chip in at all, it's just gravy for them. But if you are a defensive t- if you're a team playing Chicago, you've got to know that your number one goal is to shut down they're five guys. They're 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 top line and top defensive pair. If you can do that, you'd be in good shape. It sounds a lot like the Mighty Drunks play with a Jonathan Taves like identity. Um, and if Taves can get the rest of the team to play with his identity, then yes. then, then maybe they've got a chance. Also, if you need a <laughs> if you need a right handed defenseman for about nine minutes a game, I'm your guy. Just just hey, uh, we've uh, we've we I'll have offered the we, instead of the invite several times, sir. Oh, that's true. To come out. That's true. Um, I'm, my kids are getting to the age where I might be able to do things later in the evening now. Oh, so that's I, true. That's right. That was that was your reason. You couldn't. That's I get it now. Well, yeah, and the, yeah. That, the invite that is the, all yours. That and the four thirty alarm clock, which also is gone now. So there you go. See, see, see? I, maybe I'll be out there next time. I help help you guys in <laughs> overtime. I'll be the the key piece here in overtime. You could be. <laughs> no, I won't. Um, all right, <laughs> Arizona. We'll get to that. <clears throat> Arizona plus thirty thousand to win the division which is just lay down a dollar everybody lay down a dollar you never know what's gonna happen this is obviously that there is a plan here they've acquired again like 300 draft picks they've traded all of their (laughs) they've traded all of their critical pieces they they are intentionally trying to finish last i think it's you actually who when you filled in last time said that this draft coming up next year is one of the most loaded drafts we've seen they're gonna have a ton of opportunity to do a lot of work in that draft um, whether it's moving up or having extra picks or whatever, um, they, they clearly have a plan, and it is to lose hockey games this year. I mean, that's that's what it seems like to me. And, and let's talk about this too. Nine, nine of their thirteen forwards, or fourteen, excuse me, nine of their fourteen forwards that are on cap friendly right now, nine are a UFA after this year is over, and two <laughs> more are RFAs after this year is over. So that means they've only got Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, and Andrew Ladd. That's it. Those three guys, those are the only forwards they have locked up past this year. So there's clearly a plan in place. So it, they're going to be doing a lot of losing, and it's it's going to be probably bad. Honestly, what I worry about is I, I that's why people earlier. come I, to this. That's why people come to this show for that kind of analysis. <laughs> find out who's bad. Yeah. So, He's uh, bad. I I I, re- I worry that Schmaltz and Keller, these guys are 23 and 25 years old. I worry that they're going to be in chicken, I guess, on defense. Are they wasting them? Now, if they turn the ship around and draft a bunch of high-end players next year and they put a formidable team together, then maybe that's not the case. But as of right now, again, I can only look at what I have right now in front of me. And what I have right now in front of me suggests that they're going to be bad. They're going to hurt those guys' confidence quite a bit. And I hope that the front, the front office is having conversations with them like, hey, let's just hang on, be patient. A change is coming, whatever. They got to do to get him to buy in because it's it's going to be ugly. 
It's not going to be like 92, 93 Ottawa Senators ugly, but it's going to be pretty ugly. It, it feels like this year's the year you, you lose. Next year's the year you acquire all the pieces. Then yeah. you, you let it work together. And then the third year is the year that you want to see it like Colorado. Right? Like that's what Colorado did yeah. it, to some degree. Maybe not this like sort of obvious, but that's what Colorado did is they got, they, they sort of were really bad for a couple of years. They got all these pieces. They came together. They were okay. They snuck in, they challenged the Preds, and then all of a sudden now they're the, the best team in the league. So I think that's that's sort of the blueprint, I guess, right? That's what you hope so. Uh, I mean, they, they signed Galch- – I forgot to mention they've signed Galchenyuk to a, a professional tryout contract for the ca- camp. I don't whoa. I don't see how he – Whoa. I know, but I, I don't see how he can't make this team, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. But, you know, whatever. So, I mean, look, they've got a lot of pieces in place uh, for – when I say I don't mean like not players, I don't, I don't mean like players. I mean like assets, uh, pieces in place going down the road. It's going to be very interesting to see how they kind of come out of this season because they. I mean, it, it, again, it won't be historically ninety two, ninety three Ottawa bad, but it's going to be it's going to be pretty ugly if this is their roster yeah. and they keep this. Even and there's rumors that Kessel wants to be traded. And I can't blame him. He's thirty three. He's like, he knows he's in a dead end. So if if they trade him. Oh my goodness! I mean, it's just going to be well. And, and a I'm fascinated. I think Preds fans are fascinated with this team because their their front office decided to do the the soft reset, as we've coined on on this on this on this pod, competitive rebuild, whatever cliche you want to use. That right. they're not doing the thing that sort of Colorado and Arizona and you know Buffalo's tried this and it doesn't work. So it's not like it's every single time every team has tried it doesn't work. Now Buffalo's got sure. poor decision makers, but that's a different different, <laughs> different that's a different story. Um which brings us to Nashville because they are trying to do this. They're trying to go youth, go big, go fast, go 200 feet, change goalies permanently, sort of change the era there now that you see's the guy. And and they're trying to do it obviously with with while trying to stay competitive. I do like that the betting public is going over on, on their point total. I don't know if they've got enough offensive scoring power to make the playoffs. I think that's a pretty obvious thing. Um, the question, I like to me, what it comes down to for this team is John Hines' message. If John Hines' message is the reason that this team turned a corner and was great last season at the end of the year, packaged with the phenomenal performance from their goaltender, and the young players continue to grow because of John Hines and the coaching staff, then I think this team can challenge for a playoff spot. If it's if 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 the message isn't there and the people aren't buying in, I don't know why Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne and these other guys that have underachieved, Forsberg even to some degree, I, I don't know what's gonna I don't know why people think that all of a sudden is gonna change. To me, it's all about the coaching staff. That this is the year where I want to see what they, the coaching staff can do. So I've got a couple notes here based on what you just said. We'll, we'll start with Coach Hines. Okay, so Coach Hines uh, has been known for developing young players extremely well. Uh, and we saw a glimpse of that last year. It was March last season when all of a sudden they had this rash of injuries. All these guys had to be thrown into live ammo, and all of a sudden they started winning. Okay, now you can make an argument for that, and this is where I'm going with my criticism is that what I want to see out of this season you can make an argument that those guys were just trying to stick and make a roster and what are you going to do when you're trying to make a roster an NHL spot full-time you're going to do whatever the coach says and you're going to put your best foot forward obviously because you want a job okay now they did all that and they were impressive based on what our expectations were this year it's not a clean slate. You still got guys that need to prove themselves for sure. And I don't see a guy like Tanner Janot, for example, who's going to like all of, just, all of a sudden phone it in. Like I'm not suggesting that, but yeah, what I'm suggesting is not his will the yeah will these guys that galvanized around each other in dire circumstances last year can they put that same foot forward and be the same type of player from the beginning of a season and put together 82 games? And that's what I'm excited yeah. slash nervous to see. Is, is Coach Hines, did he really motivate those guys and get to them and say, if you play this way, we'll be successful? And then, of course, the proof was in the pudding. Did they do, did he do that? Or was it more that they were just trying to make a roster spot? Right. They made it because they're motivated to. And then now they're going to come in and maybe you know be shells of themselves, maybe even 75% of themselves, what they were. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, true colors. You know, the cream has rose to the top. This is what they really are. They're not that. It's- so for... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that's fascinating to me because I can I feel like I can go player by player 
and say like, that's not Tanner Janot's style. That's not Yakov right. Trenin's style. That's not Matthew Olivier style. It's, you know, Colton Sessions isn't a young player. It doesn't feel like Alex Carrier's style, but I can say that, you know, and he's not ever hesitated to put high end, high paid players on the bench. It's never, he's never had a problem with that since, since showing up, it does feel a lot more like that's directed at Duchesne, Johansson, Forsberg, and maybe like a Fabro type player. Like, like, you know, I'm not worried. Does that make sense? Like, there, it feels like there's some of those guys. Style. I don't know enough about Cody Glass to know whether or not he falls into one right. category or the other. I think Luke Cunning falls into the category of I like to play hockey really hard. <laughs> like, yes, but like, but but you could say you could say that about him too, though, right? When he before he went out of the lineup with this injury, at some point Hines got to him and said, "Yeah, if you want to get back in this lineup because of how we're doing, you've got to play this way." And then he did. And then guess what? He blossomed into the player that. Yeah, Predators fans love now. So, so if, if again, if this is all Heinz and his motivation tactics and getting to players and developing young players, then we have a triple or a home run in our hands. But that does not make sense for the thirty-year-old Duchesne, twenty-nine-year-old Ryan Johansson, twenty-nine-year-old yeah. Mikael Granlund. It doesn't now. Granlund doesn't really count because he he played his best under Heinz as opposed to Laviolette. But that's neither here nor there. My point is that these guys are older players. And they're, I don't want to say stuck in their ways, but they've played a certain way and been successful before in other ways. Now he, he comes in, Heinz comes in, and they have not been the same since. So is it coincidental or is it because it's Heinz? Is there a personality rift? Yeah. Is there not? Well, so, Duchesne, Duchesne's been very, I mean, I don't know about you, but if, you, if you're good at reading between the lines, it's, it seems very clear that yeah. there's something there between Duchesne and Heinz that we don't really know about, that we're not, we're not right. fully privy to and that we don't fully understand. Right, but here's the deal with that, right? Small tangent. Poyle, first of all, doesn't ever want to remove coaches. We all know that. But second of all, and almost more importantly, is Duchesne has the ire of the fan base right now. And, I mean, it probably, I mean, I haven't, nobody's told me this, but I, you could assume that the organization is not happy with his production as well based on what they're paying him, right? So if you put those two things in a bottle and then you go, okay, well, what has Heinz done? Well, he rescued this team out of nowhere last season with all these young guys. Well, if it's going to be nine or 10 young guys that are going to come up and play their best hockey and develop versus one veteran who is drawing the ire of the fan base and the organization is frustrated with, you don't want to buy out Duchesne, but that's where you're going is if, if yeah. you're not going to choose Duchesne over Hines is my point. That's what a long yeah, way yeah, of saying yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I, I still, I think that's a, a good, a good answer there. I, I think John Hines, I don't know if John Hines is the right coach to win a Stanley cup. I agree with that. I, I don't know. I do feel very comfortable saying John Hines is the right coach for the Nashville Predators right now. And that that and I, that's a subtle difference, but I think because this team is not winning a cup, okay? <laughs> like let's just just call it what it is. But I I do think if if there's a if it's a transition period, if it's developing the young guy like you're talking about, I think he's the right guy for right now. And and I think that's what fans need to sort of grasp is there, there there's a, there's a difference there, but it's very subtle, I guess. My thing with Hines is, and the reason that I have uh, Nashville pick sixth out of the eight here, with they could easily flip flop with Chicago, like we talked about, but I had them on the fringe playoff spot, is because it's based on it's based on two players. Okay, well, actually, two players and then one sub uh, storyline. The two players are Duchesne and Johansson. Obviously, if they can get even to 55, 60 points a season, that's going to bring everybody else up. Because they're going to carry them with them, they're not all going to they're not all going to score 30, goal, 30 goals on breakaways, right? So right. If they can get to fifty five, sixty points a season. Then I think the Predators are in a really good spot, and they have they they have the makeup for success. Okay, but if they don't, if they continue to struggle and to and be 35, 40 point players, this team is dead to rights. Okay, that it, I hate that it yeah. relies on those two yeah. guys in a team sport, but it really does. Okay, so th- it depends on what those two guys do. The second part and the sub story I was going to say is Forsberg. Is Forsberg willing to go through a one to maybe two year kind of again competitive rebuild, in in order to at, at twenty seven years old, is he willing to do that and sign on long term, or is he more of like a you know what I I just I I've given yeah. my best we yeah. got to the mountaintop we didn't quite get to the summit, and I'm gonna go somewhere else. If that's the case, they've got to trade him, and if they trade him, they can get a lot for him. If he's having what we all, all hope he has, which is a career year in a contract year. <laughs> but that's going to be the case. If they trade Forsberg for any reason, whether he's happy or not, if they trade Forsberg, 
I put them down against Arizona for the bottom. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to, yeah. I mean, Arizona's going to lose more games. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're seventh, they're, they're seventh, without question. Yeah, because Forsberg is that special of a player. And he's going to go somewhere and he's going to score 35, 40 goals. And everyone's yep. going to say, why didn't yep. he, couldn't he do that in Nashville? But uh, if he has a contract year, like we all hope he does, he's going to let the world on fire. And he could single handedly bring up Duchesne and Johansson. And the last thing I'll say about this is okay. the power play fixes all this, Braden. We saw some success in the power play when Ellie Tolvin was on it last year. And the power play gives, let's just say they score, I don't know, 20%. So one, they score one time every five power plays. Well, guess what? That equals roughly two to three more goals a week. And if that's the case, based on how Soros is playing, that's yep. maybe one to maybe two, probably one more win a week. Now they're a playoff team. So the play, the, the power play fixes all of that. Yep. Because Johansson and Duchesne will be on it. So it could be that simple. I know I'm oversimplifying it, but no, no, it's fix the power I, play, you fix those two players, and it's a domino effect. I mean, if 74 is doing 74 like things, then yes. you know, all of this is possible. So, and, and right. we don't, you know, he needs to show us. We all believe in him, UC Soros, but we've got to see the full season, all 82. Correct. And he's never had that workload and all that other stuff, which I think is fair questions, but I think he's going to prove people. Prove, prove the Preds right in the contract and, and being the guy for the future. Not that they had another option, but it is what it is. Goverman, I, I, this is this has been absolutely a pleasure. I hope everybody's sort of a little bit more educated on all of these teams in the Central Division. As we head into camp, we'll probably have some final predictions uh, right before the start of the season when Adam is back. But uh, you are uh, way – wins above replacement for you is fantastic. We, we love having you on the show. And uh, go check out his work, of course, over at AP Radio. Um, you've got Gover time on Twitter all the great places you can find him his work thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, make sure you go to Jasper's as well because Gold Standard is brought to you by Jasper's we have a cocktail named the Gold Standard after this podcast it's a whiskey drink you can go have one Jeremy if you'd like you know when you go to Jasper's for lunch and you order some really good food maybe maybe not lunch for the cocktail but you know like maybe happy hour <laughs> <laughs> maybe happy hour you get a Gold Standard cocktail and say hey uh, I heard about this on the podcast, you know, just anybody who goes just say, hey, I, this is a great cocktail. I heard about it on the, the Preds show that you guys do, the Gold Standard Podcast. How about that? Thank when you I do so that, much. I will make sure I take a picture and put it on Twitter for you. Now we're talking. See, you know, you know what's up. Yep. <laughs> tag, tag, tag Jaspers and tag 440. and Of course. Tag, of course. <laughs> tag, I'll tag all the people. Thank you guys. Uh, thank you so much, man. Thank you guys all out there for listening. Of course, please rate, review, subscribe, share the show, all that great stuff. Adam will be back very soon. I, I have it on authority. I have sources that indicate that he perhaps is back in the saddle starting next week. So, Jeremy, thank you, man, for hanging out with us. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the Gold Standard here on the 440 Sports Network.